Okay, Everyone's I'm rolling. rolling. I, I'm rolling. I'm trying to kick a cat out of my booth. Damn it. <laughs> oh, we got a kitty in the booth. Oh, he's a little bastard. He came in. Kitty in the booth and I want to touch it. Kitty in the booth and I want to touch it. Is that not? Meow, 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 meow. Here in Nashville, she got a kitty in the booth. Country hit. I think that's Blake Shelton, wow. isn't it? Did Blake. <laughs> I think that's actually Maybe a ZZ not. Top song, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> Everybody's crazy about a kitty in the boots. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Anne Ganguza and Gabby Nistico are the powerhouse forces behind VO Boss, helping voice actors with business owner strategies and success. It's an incredibly important part of any voice acting career. So what did they do before they started this? Well, Anne is a full-time professional voice coach, producer, and talent. And she was the recipient of the 2017 Voice Arts Award for Outstanding Narration Demo, Best Voiceover, as well as a five-time Sovas nominee for demo production. She specializes in strategic target market voiceover coaching and demo production to help align each person's individual brand, which is really critical. So Gabby? Well, Gabby has been a voiceover actor for 20 years and the business first voiceover coach. Gabby's also an author a sought-after speaker, and has experience in voiceover casting, voiceover consulting, advertising, and radio. Her voiceover roster includes dozens of radio and television stations for imaging and promo work, as well as commercial projects for eh, a couple of names you might know, things like Whole Foods, White Castle, Walgreens, Facebook, Microsoft, Invisalign, Nissan, Reebok, CVS, and Nordstrom's, just to name, oh, I don't know, about a half dozen. So together, they host the VO Boss podcast. And because, well, it's much more fun to do this with other people, let's talk voiceover, Ann and Gabby. Yay! Yay! Yay. Thanks for having us, guys. Well, thanks for being on. A little background. Ann and Gabby reached out and said, you guys uh, are a little mental, so we'd like to have you as a guest. And I'm like, oh, that's weird because we've never been asked to be a guest before. But uh, we were on the VO Boss podcast, and that was a blast. So, of course, we wanted to share some of our fun and insight with uh, people for Let's Talk VoiceOver. So that's how we got here. And uh, we really don't have much of an agenda, but one thing I'm really interested in is as a longtime working pro, the business has changed dramatically and marketing has become such an important part of any successful voiceover career. Without marketing, it doesn't matter how much talent you have, you're dead in the water. Talk to us about what you guys are doing at VO Boss. <laughs> well, first of all, I would say it started a long time ago. Uh, and so it's never as simple as it may seem. But the marketing efforts started years ago before the podcast even came out. And I think that the brand was conceptualized and kind of thought out and, and, and rolled out. And then... Uh, 
essentially, once that brand was kind of decided, like what type of a show we wanted it to be, you know, the obviously the graphics, the logos, all that good stuff, a website was built. And I think the most important thing was f- for me um, after that was was Gabby. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> Gabby is like critical to our success in, in VO Boss. And I couldn't ask more from a co-host than I could with Gabby. I mean, it's just amazing. We're both, we both love business and marketing and that I think is a strong attraction, I think, to the show. Anybody that wants to know more about business and marketing and it's really, you know, it's not a, you know, the overnight success that takes how many years <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, um, right. We, we put a lot of effort into into getting our brand out there and getting it seen and heard. And we try to cut through all the noise and the chaos that is the digital Internet uh, these days um, by really just hosting something that's, I think, authentic as we can make it and hopefully gain um, more listeners that way. And as, as well as all the traditional avenues of, you know, social media and work every single day. So Gabby, how how did you get to know Anne? It, it, well, she's first of all, I mean, she's being incredibly uh, modest and, and and delightful when she says things like, oh, you know, us and we No, that's not how this started. See, that's funny this, because yeah, I she... don't even include Randy in our conversations. <laughs> Randy, are you still there? She's Randy. Randy. Huh? Randy. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just making some lunch. Yeah. No, there Do you was, need me? Okay. Do you need me? Yeah, I, 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 I can go back. I can go back. I'll, I'll splice in a couple of yeah, uh huh, right. Splice well, you want me just to give you want It'll me to give like to you all right now? Oh, like here, here. No, I'll just no, I'll make okay. I'll make it an easier edit job for hey, you. Hey, you're interrupting yeah. our uh-huh. guests. I'm sorry, Gabby. Please. <laughs> okay, I, I just gave you some wild. Hey, no, I'm I'm right there with Randy. I I was making a sandwich and my phone rang and it was literally you know, <laughs> Anne going, "Hey, do you um do you want to maybe do this uh, podcast thing with me?" And I'm like, um, "Okay." So she she had this thing all mapped out. This this was her baby, her brainchild. I I just kind of stepped into it. I mean, it, you know, on one hand, I'm very honored that she, you know, chose me to co-host with her, and on the other, I just uh, sort of brought some of my broadcast background and, and knowledge of radio and, and production and kind of added it into the mix. And, and then, uh, gosh, after a couple months of trial and error, getting the sucker off the ground, we, we kind of got into a stride. But um, mainly, I, I think the, the propulsion behind the podcast, the website, the, the entire company is just that she and I are such geeks about... <laughs> business and marketing and brandability and, and, you know, all the ways that we can help to get our names out there, help other voice actors get their names out there. Um, uh, you know, recognizing that, yeah, there's a, a huge amount of skill, obviously, and, and, and work that we've done to, to hone our acting skills, but that you can very easily be the best actor no one's ever heard if you're not out there. Um, really yeah. uh, advocating for yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Yeah. I think it's really, it's it's so difficult these days with, with everything so digital and everything so on the internet for people to get noticed. And I think that more than ever, marketing has taken on, you know, it's it's a huge role in, a, in our careers as voiceover artists. I think that most people, it's not glamorous, of course, you know, and everybody wants to do all the performance aspect but gosh, 
the best voice nobody's ever heard is, is so true. I mean, you know, you can have the best voice in the world, but if nobody knows it, they can't pull out that credit card and pay you, which is something that Gabby and I are so, so adamant about that, you know, yeah. y- you are paid and you are paid what you're worth and, and you've got to get out there and, and hustle and market yourself. It's, it's not something that's just going to come to you. Most voice actors, do you think they don't know how critical this is? Or do you think that it's just so anathema to them that they want to avoid it and just hope that things occur? Because it is, it's more important than your voice in some respects. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I mean, on one hand, I think it's, uh, part of it is is what, the misconception, right? It's, it's, so it's what people think this industry is instead of what it actually is. And for folks who, um, are outside of cities like New York and LA, uh, you know, people think that, you know, Ari Gold and Entourage are a, a pretty accurate representation of what happens in, in the agent actor relationship. And we know that's not true. We know that that's, that's not at all how this works. And so people really do think, well, I'll, I, I'll be discovered. It's, it's kind of, you know, American Idol syndrome still. Yeah. They're, they're blinded by the glamour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's really the, the biggest thing. Yeah. And I mean, part of it is, you know, everybody's exposure to I mean, video games and uh, cartoons and animation and high profile projects. They don't realize that that's not always the bulk of a voice actor's job and what we're doing and that a lot oh, of the things we absolutely. do people have never heard and never will hear and so you know that plays a part and then i think the other piece is that yes actors have sort of an aversion to business and i don't know there's there's a combination of fear and just lack of interest in those areas and so we've been doing our part to go yeah a it's not as scary as you think it is and b it can be a lot of fun if you're actively engaged in it and doing it right yeah yeah so help us understand how you guys work with actors in that way well you know we have obviously the podcast which gets out you know different topics that are we think are relevant to being able to market yourself and and have it an actual business we also have um products that we're coming out with that we think will help people learn even more about the business end of it. You know, it's not always, um, like Gabby says, it's not not as scary as it may seem. And <laughs> and if it is scary, if you're doing well enough, you can always outsource those tasks that, you know, of the business that are not fun for you. I mean, we talk about that quite consistently. My Wait. least favorite thing. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's roll reverse, right? So you're, you're always, does it bring you joy? If it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. You shouldn't do it if it doesn't Hell, bring, it needs to bring you joy. If that was my standard, I would have I would have checked out of here a long freaking time. <laughs> that ago. accounting, that accounting needs to bring you joy. Just and if it doesn't, right. you oh outsource it. If it doesn't That's bring it. you joy, you hire someone else. You make it their joy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My account Honey, loves what she does. No, yeah. I'm outsourcing. It's a, yeah, it bring you joy. <laughs> there you go. Joy. It's true though. No, but it's, you're right, Gabby. I say that all the time. It's true. Yeah. If, if it doesn't bring you joy, well, outsource it. <laughs> Make it part of the business, you know? Heck yeah. <laughs> it's a fine-tuned wheel. Mm-hmm. So, Honey, I hired some people to go see mom and dad this weekend. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, but, oh. but because I think we're both as passionate, like I, I know that I am just as passionate about the business of voiceover as I am about voiceover. And that to me, you've got to find that joy. You've got to be able to figure out what it is that is going to help you to propel yourself forward. Otherwise, you're just sitting there, you know, with a hobby. 
and not well, and, he, and bringing down rates typically uh, for the industry. And that's just not good for any of us. What's always worked for me, but is difficult to communicate. And I wonder if you guys have ever gone along this line when talking to some of the actors and creatives you work with. To me, it's a game. It's no different than playing a sim game in some ways. And it may sound kind of weird to people, but the game part is getting to people, getting on their radar. Uh, how are the ways that you do that? And, and for me, at least, if I think about it as a game, and this is skill that I have to do to level up, so to speak, it takes away a lot of the drudgery from it. People yeah. play video games. I play the internet and I play the business. So right. yeah, that's excellent. Well, I've always brought to my broadcast background and, and my background in advertising. I always, I think, had it drilled into me from a very, very young age that it's all about frequency and repetition, right? That audiences, I mean, I remember when I was a, a DJ having a program director go, look, when you are sick and tired of the new release, the new song, whatever it is we're playing, the audience is just learning the words, they're, they just yeah. realized it's 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 released. It's happening. So I, I kind of bring some of that, I think, to to our industry, too. I, I go, you know, you can't just have your name get in front of somebody one time and think that that's going to be enough, that that's going to make you mm -hmm. memorable. It's it's how frequently are they seeing you? How frequently are they encountering your work? And what can you be doing to stack that deck to get in front of them? more often. And so mm -hmm. we, we do a lot of that with actors. We, yeah. we help them with their message. The message is so, I, I think, I mean, my God, I, I, she and I both, we're, we're always harping on people about the wording and how they are choosing to present themselves to prospective clients because so many actors yeah. i don't know why they fall into this weird like wacky like i am a professional voice actor and i have enclosed my demo and <laughs> i'm here to audition for work and then you pop the demo in and they're like hello this <laughs> yeah. is an ad <laughs> hello and thank you for listening to my demo you can demo. call me at this number <laughs> and we're always like what is this like where why does business or a business task like sales, like marketing, suddenly make people turn into corporate drones. That's yeah. not the industry we serve. So why would that be a viable way to present yourself? And oh. and so, yeah, it's it's making magic out of the message in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's why... Anne and I kind of get off on it because we're like, oh, look at what oh, we can create this thing oh, and, <laughs> and seeing people's reaction. And we just we love that. So And yeah, and it's the relationships. And, and it, what Gabby was saying about, you know, kind of the, the repetition, it kind of drove us to create uh, one of our marketing blast products that we have for uh, VO bosses, as we like to call it. But it's about mm -hmm. being able to get in front of your clients or potential clients eyeballs without being obnoxious or drony or, you know, really starting to establish a relationship so that they kind of say, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that girl, you know, does voiceover or that guy does. So how, yeah. So how does that work? high level. How do you guys do that? Well, we actually have a, a, a couple of products that mm -hmm. send out marketing blasts to a list that we subscribe to. So it's a it's a vetted list of over 90,000 creatives. And we, Gabby and I prepare the a marketing blast for a, a particular geographic region, for a particular genre of voiceover. And we'll uh, send that out on their behalf so that it, it alleviates their 
problems of trying to just send out to somebody that they've never met or, you know, um, isn't signed up to be on a list. And so that kind of helps cut through uh, some of their efforts in the beginning in terms of getting their brand out there. And then what kind of follow up activity do you guys go with after that? There's the excellent question. So, yeah, we do our initial blast is sent out. We'll do a follow up blast two weeks later. And then we have another product, which is Gabby's brainchild um, called kind of a, a book out builder, which is a follow up that happens month or even um, quarterly, depending on how you want to work that. It's super simple. And I mean, I felt like it was just a very logical product when we started creating these marketing emails and, and marketing avenues for people. The number one most valuable piece of communication I think that my clients and my agents get from me on a regular basis is when am I booked out? Are you in studio or not? Are you available or not? And so book out notices being as essential a tool as that, we said, okay, well, why not apply that to this so that an actor can take their existing clientele, add to that prospective clientele and have a way to communicate consistently without being annoying with something that, you know, people actually need to know. And sure. so, yeah, we, we started doing that. And then, of course, w- there's a, kind of an expansion from there. I mean, Ann and I, as, as coaches separately, there isn't much we don't offer. So we always joke and say it was just kind of, you know, Wonder Twin Powers activate and joining forces <laughs> to, to kind of magnify that. Shape of a bucket. Form of yeah. water. Exactly. I mean, yeah. boss brains are better than one. Yeah, we kind of laugh and we go, you know, why? Why would you want one coach to help you with this when you could have two? Sure, that makes perfect sense. You guys are both voice actresses. Um, actress, actor. I mean, is actor offensive? Uh, actor. No, I don't. No. Like politically incorrect. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not offended. Yeah, I've kind of okay. gone to using just actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, actor in general. Because yeah. I, I hear other people doing the same thing, so that becomes my in default. General, I, yeah. I've almost yeah. taken actress out of my lexicon mm. yeah well yeah. interesting i wasn't even i never even thought of it that way hmm. okay yeah how did you guys get started as voice actors oh we come from two very different backgrounds i know i want to hear it if i because randy and i came from the same mother so it's you know <laughs> yeah it's you know, just she never talked to me that's yeah. Yeah. and and she and she left me at the fire station i'm so. i'm uh, I, I'm not necessarily. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a newbie, but I'm. But I'm newer to the industry. I'm not. I have not been in the industry as long as is Gabby. My background came from corporate IT, and essentially, I. I think that's. I think my brain is fifty percent technical and fifty percent creative, which is why that kind of led me into voiceover because I installed phone systems for back in the early '90s for people, and oh I, I was always asked to be the one to record the welcome greeting. So that's kind of my foray into um, voiceover. In so did first... you actually get paid to do that, to do the IVR systems? Yes, I do. <laughs> nice. I do. I do. Nice. Um, I didn't back then, though, you know, but that's what led me into it. And, and I don't just do don't just do um, telephony. But, you know, there's a there's a market for it. I mean, everybody has a phone. So um, <laughs> there's there's a good market for it. And then there's the roster market where they don't want to pay a whole lot of money to do a greeting at all. But if you have independent clients, just as we try to, you know, tell everybody that those relationships that you establish with long, you know, long-term clients can turn into something that, that is, you know, very valuable. Um, So you you don't just have to be, let's say a a voice for their commercial products. You could be the voice of their phone system. So it's a frontline kind of defense. That's such a great point because consistency is key in branding. 
right? Mm -hmm. A clear, concise, and consistent message heard over and over and over again with repetition is really what branding and marketing is um, messaging is all about. And so say you land uh, a commercial and you become a spokesperson voice. Yeah, of course you should be the person that's on their on their IVR system. Of course sure. you should be the person that's on their website videos. Of course you should be the person that's on all those things, right? Absolutely. Smart marketing person at that company will understand that and realize that. But I think it's incumbent upon us as voice actors to be able to reach out and say, hey, you know. Um, right. Make that sale. You know, yeah. it's really yeah. sell yourself there. Yeah, I believe absolutely. they call that upselling. There you go. Upsell. So yeah, that's that's been my background, but I made the full time delve into it close to twelve years ago, and uh, just absolutely love it because I can still bring my my kind of IT tech brain to the mix in terms, and that that just turned right into to branding and marketing and you know digital marketing and websites and SEO and all that good stuff. So I excel sure. at that because it brings together the things that I love most: technology and creativity. I want to circle back wow. to something you said earlier. What's this thing about everybody has a phone? What's what's that all about? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> Everybody's got a phone. And we were wondering why Randy was having technical difficulties, right? <laughs> oh my god. So I Gabby, let's hear your story. So I'll start I'll start at the very earliest point. My my husband loves this story and I never talk about okay, it. No, so. maybe maybe speed it up a little bit, really. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we have so much time. We've only got an hour, no, Gabby. No. I know, I know. Oh it's not. Oh my god! No, it's not and that then bad. My first communion when no. I was eight. I, well, I am Italian, was, so we do have to throw I had that a beautiful in. white dress. Yeah, she's over there talking with her hands too. Right? So, yeah, of course. That goes oh, that's to the of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's she's very Italian. funny. What do you got? So, right. I, I was a kid growing up in the 80s, and um, two very pivotal things happened when I was very, very young. One was Good Morning Vietnam. I had the entire thing memorized. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a kid. And I mean, I would run around the house doing Robin Williams impersonations, um, which, of course, my parents were like, this one has some issues. Uh, they weren't really sure. She's doing impersonations of doing someone who does impersonations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Go figure on that. <laughs> and um, fast forward. And pretty much I I was fascinated and enamored with disc jockeys and with radio and with, you know, people who literally Adrian Cronauer. That <laughs> that was my yeah. my goal. So uh, when I was a uh, in high school, I started interning in radio and broadcasting. And by the time I graduated from high school, I had a job on the air. And so I started off as like a little the baby DJ and uh, did that for a number of years and did a little bit of voiceover kind of on the side when I was working in radio. You know, you'd occasionally have clients say, hey, could you voice this or record this thing over here? Sure. Sure. Or even we're going to take this spot to another. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. Take spot to another another market, station. You know, right. Yeah, whatever it yeah. was. And so there, there'd be like, you know, little um, price tags attached to that, which I thought was great. And then I got to a place where I went, mm, you know, I'd really like to make some more money. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to not be <laughs> oh, yeah, starving. Back to the Wells Fargo story. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I started because I was I was in the suburb of New York City. I, I started, you know, going on auditions and going on cattle calls, had no clue what I was doing. And I joke, I got my ass kicked from you know, one side of Manhattan back down the other. Um, because, I, you know, here I was, I thought, hey, I'm this radio chick and, you know, people are going to dig me. And I was like, oh, man, wow. Did I, uh, oh, uh, you know, yeah. New York agents, oh. New York voiceover agents, the really good ones Brutal. are brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
They brutal. still are. <laughs> still are. Which is why they're so good. But yeah, but they're just they're just brutal. You know, and I joke. I, I I tell people all the time. I go, my New York agent will will pick up the phone and like scream at me for nothing on a Tuesday. My LA agent will take me out for ice cream. So it's amazing. <laughs> right. Like, and can... that's the difference between East Coast and West yep. Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I learned really quickly. I did not know what I was doing. I had no clue what voiceover was, but it, it became sort of a mission. I finally booked something and, and I was still, I mean, I was really young. I was only like maybe 20, 21 and, um, got the check and it was, you know, it was a union job and, and, um, my parents were just like, hey, yeah, how do you make more of that? That looks pretty good. Let's, <laughs> let's focus on that paycheck. The radio stuff. Yeah. Not so much. This voice stuff. Yeah. That more. Yeah. That one. Yeah. More yeah. of that. So I, I started shifting gears and as a way to do it, I realized that I needed more background. So that's when I, I left radio and I started working in an advertising agency and kind of cutting my teeth in their production department and just really learning as much as I could about the behind the scenes, which eventually led to casting and, you know, kind of, um, yeah, I, I wanted to know as much about both sides as, as I possibly could. And I really think that that's actually one of the things that's helped me the most in my success. Immersion. Yeah. 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 It really does. Understanding the entire production process, not just the part that the voice actor plays, but the entire production process from start to finish. As an engineer, it's funny because that comes back to me when I'm doing voiceover. Mm -hmm. I will very much subconsciously understand where I can take breaks or pauses or pick something back up so that it'll cut nicely. It's about having that that background and that understanding that really is one of those sort of intangibles that you really can't talk a whole lot about. But man, when you get in the studio, it sure does shine. You know, and mm -hmm. and the same can be said for, you know, that kind of immersion and that knowledge and background knowledge of, of your client or your potential client's industry. I mean, Gabby and I are always talking about getting to know your potential client. And that's like marketing 101 is, you know, who is your ideal prospect, your ideal client and what are their needs and how can you serve them? It's really about that. It's not I think if you come at it from the aspect of how you can serve your client best rather than, oh, my voice is great from, you know, for, for you. It's more like sure. how you can help them to sell more of their stuff or, you know, enhance their brand. How do you help a voice actor find the balance there between spending so much time focused and in researching individual one-at-a-time clients versus doing a mass mailing and then disappearing and never going again. And neither approach works really well. Uh, obviously, there's got to be some sort of a balance in there. What are your thoughts around that? And how do you guys coach your clients with that? Well, I think the big thing there is that we have to take into consideration that individual person, what their goals are, and the area of voiceover that they've got their sights set on, plus where their current income stream is coming from. And it's about figuring out the balance. You know, Ann and I both have worked with talent who go, yeah, I'm doing a lot of work in corporate narration, but I really want to be doing promo. And it's, okay, how do we transition that? How do we move that needle, not disregard the clients they still have, continue to maintain those relationships, but open them up to this new market at the same time? And sometimes it's sure. talent who just, you know, they're they're doing what they want to do. They, they're in an area they love. They just want more of it. So then we go, okay, how do we achieve that goal? Um, in many cases, it really is about scheduling. It's about getting them to commit to specific hours in their day, week, month, so that it doesn't become overwhelming and it's not sporadic because that's what will happen with actors. Otherwise we get, you know, God, yeah. we get so 
it's the easy way out. Disjointed, well, yeah. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. I think you also have to research the market. Like, who's buying voiceover? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could want to do all the voiceover in the world, but, you know, in, in terms of, I'm always talking to people about narration because I specialize in, in, in narration. And people always think of narration as Discovery Channel or, you know, anything, some sort of broadcast narration, when in fact, that's a mm-hmm. smaller market than, let's say, corporate narration. And I'm always saying, let's look at your market opportunities that are available to you. Because here's the deal. I mean, I got to pay the mortgage here. And and so um, if I choose to market myself one way, and I'm blind to seeing the other opportunities that could potentially exist, or I'm not familiar with the market that I'm selling to, I think that that it's, it's very crucial to have that understanding and that education so that you can actually make a living <laughs> doing voiceover. And I think that's where well, most people are like, yeah, I just want to do characters and animation. And like, no. Every Everybody wants to do characters and animation, and there just aren't that many jobs. Exactly. You have to really think about how big the market is that you are selling to. And my big thing for corporate narration is, well, how many companies are there in the world? There's 45,000 listed uh, <laughs> that we know of uh, that could potentially need your voice for a phone system, for a web video, for you know a, a commercial, um, for something streaming on YouTube, whatever right. it is. Right. You know, that's yeah. a huge, huge market. And then out of that market, like who's buying automotive is probably one of the largest markets in terms of voiceover and buying voiceover for not only commercials but you know narration based telephony based it's they just spend a ton of money and most people don't realize that we talk a lot about also e-learning yes which i think is you know is really coming you know and i don't think it's on a lot of people's radar yet um you know and the other thing about e-learning that i think is going to be really interesting to see is there is a ton of work upcoming. You can just see it. You can just sense it. Will that market get set at a low rate, though? Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the big thing. that's going to be a thing. really tough one. Well, e-learning is I, traditionally not as well-paying as corporate because corporate people have budgets and sometimes e-learning, if you're talking about who you're selling to, a lot of times there'll be developers and companies that do e-learning and their last thought is the voiceover. And I know for a fact, a lot of them look on, you know, other places like pay-to-plays or, or Fiverr for that type of talent. So again, I always tell people to look for those clients that are willing to pay you what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Be the Tiffany's, don't go on sale. And, uh, you know, find mm-hmm. those clients that are willing to pay you and understand your value and, and are willing to pay that and don't waste time on the ones that won't. It's a lot about diversification too, of just portfolio. Where are the, all the sources of income coming from for a voice actor? We talk to a lot of talent who go, yeah, so um, all my work comes from agents or all my work comes from pay to plays and they're only working with that one entity or one area. And we're like, whoa, that's a problem. Because yeah, if if there's a shift or if one dries up, what do you do then? And so it really is about saying, how do we get this to be a little healthier and a little more well-rounded so that you have more places that your work is coming from more avenues? That's a traditional marketing thing, right? You have a primary, secondary, and a tertiary market that you go after. And, you know, there may be some overlap and there, there may be no overlap. You have to set that up so you don't put all your eggs in one basket and then fall flat on your face if yeah. you miss. And there's so many misconceptions about, you know, I'm going to get a national, you know, how many national, are you getting a national commercial every day? <laughs> that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like we're in that, that non-glamorous side, like Kevin was saying before about there's so many different areas of voiceover and ones that may or may not be as glamorous as the others. And you know, a lot of 
voice talent that are making a living doing this, they, they're not talking about that medical narration that they did for three days, but they will talk about that national they just booked. So, you know, sure. there's a there's a, a misconception, I think, about people that are just getting into this industry in terms of where all the money is and how you make it. And it's important that you, you diversify and create as many opportunities for yourself as you can, because you got to survive. I mean, I, I talk about coming from the corporate educational world where I had a steady paycheck. And then all of a sudden, when I went full time into voiceover, zero dollars. I mean, that scared yeah. the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's what motivated me to be really good at marketing because I wasn't exactly. making any money. <laughs> right. Oh, and that's part of the game aspect, yeah. too. Yeah. It's just exactly that. If you want to have the city income coming in, you know, you, you've got to get that mining, however you want to call it, it has to be going and it has to be all the time. And I understand that for a lot of people, the production, you know, and it happens to, to me too, production gets in the way. You just got to find the time and you've got to have the discipline to always be out there hunting. It doesn't have to be, you know, glad hand salesperson, but you need to always be hunting. Just that's, that's your job. Your job is not your craft. Your job is to, is to get work, is to network, is to audition, to do all those things. As long as you, you are a good, professional, qualified talent that can walk in the studio and nail it. That's the price of admission. After that, your primary job is to go and find work, right? A portion of that's going to be auditioning, but a much bigger portion of that is going to be prospecting and hunting. And that's really what it turns into. How have you guys seen things change over the time that you guys have both been involved in voiceover? And where do you think it's going is an even more interesting question. Oh, there's a good question. <laughs> you know, I, I'm seeing, obviously, I always talk about the digital revolution. I mean, that's that's yeah. been coming. I was that person. You know, I've been on the Internet so long. When it first started, I was like, yes, the Internet is free. And no, there'll never be any commercial advertising on it. Anne I was, was that, on the Internet before Al Gore. I was on, I was that person. <laughs> like before the Web, I was doing Gopher and Archie and, you know, those those BBSs, all that good stuff. That was me. And I was like, yes, the Internet should always be free. But there is this concept about everything being free. It's got to change because our economy is just not, it's not healthy because of so much free out there. There needs to yeah. be the value being brought back into not just voiceover industry, but all industries. And it's been that evolution of technology, which I love. You know, I'm always telling people to embrace the technology and evolve with it. And I think that that has been kind of a, a detriment to our industry because it has allowed just about anybody that, you know, can get a USB microphone or whatnot, think that they can do voiceover. And the other thing, too, is the evolution of younger people that have never known life without the Internet that are now hiring us. And that is an evolution. That is yeah. going to be another trend in our market. And if you don't have your eyes open and you're not observing this and studying this and understanding it, you are going to get lost in the dust and probably not have a career. That's what I think in the future. If you are not recognizing the trends that are happening now and following them and embracing them and figuring out how you as a business can survive it, you will not survive it. And and I just see it going forward. There's going to be obviously more technology that is going to be happening. I think there's a lot of times people are talking about text-to-speech and is that going to you know obliterate all of our jobs? Um, that's probably another podcast. And I think you guys did a podcast 
podcast on that. Uh, <laughs> it, but yeah. I, I do think that you do have to keep your eyes open and, and see the market and see technology and trends as they are evolving now and roll with the changes. Otherwise, you will be left in the, in the dust. I'm voicing cat videos and posting them online. There you, you think go. That's a really good. Is that's, that a good marketing strategy? Yeah, that's it. It's the internet. <laughs> well, you'll, cats. Get more, you'll get more views with cat videos. So. Well, yeah. sell your voiceover services with your cat videos. That's you know right. I've actually done that. Um, so or I'll sell my or I'll sell my cat. You know whichever one will pay <laughs> no, more. No, 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 no. Can't sell the cat. I think Man. I think you know one of the big changes. I'll just kind of tack this on to what Anne was saying because I do agree with everything that that she just mentioned. The big thing, I think, is how reactionary people have become. That, to me, is, is mm. the biggest trend in our industry, but it's, it's also the biggest trend in our society. Yeah. I remember when people wanted to learn. When you were, when you were coming up in an industry, you, you wanted to learn. You wanted to absorb. You, you were very accepting of the role as a student and wanting to seek out and find the masters. And now... What we're seeing is a lot of reactionary, very fueled, just opinionated, quick comments where people decide or, or make up their mind about something and its value or the way to do it or how not to do it. And suddenly they think they're an expert and it's not based I, in anything. I couldn't agree. I could not agree with you more. Nothing drives me crazier than to see you know, 24 year olds going, I'm a keynote speaker. Right. Really? Yeah. What, yeah. You, no mm -hmm. what, what the hell are you keynoting on? Mm -hmm. And who's who's paying you? Yeah, I've just I've seen a lot of people who are in their in their twenties and thirties now who are in you know in the industry, and they are judging their marketing success by how many shows that they can get up and speak in front of. And some of them actually have something to say, but a lot of them are like, "This is just." trite bullshit." Mm -hmm. That well, you yeah, know, it's it's a world of self promotion. There's a whole generation of people who learned that the way to advance and the way to make money and the way to get fame and fortune and all that is to self-promote. And the, and the flip side of that is they have completely ignored and discounted the value of experience in that process. Well, and the well, value of people, listening, you know, and listening. Mm to what people yeah. need. I mean, yeah. what good is having a product if nobody, if there isn't a market for it or a desire for it? So, well, if you can be a keynote speaker, then yeah, well, there you go. I think that 20 somethings, if I look back, you know, when I was a 20 something and Brian, when you were a 20 something, and I think if we all do this, we all had, most of us had, you know, an inflated sense of self, mm -hmm. um, that sure. see now, it's, now it's worth it, Absolutely. but back then, but you didn't have the tools to go out and self-promote in that kind of way. And it doesn't make you any better, but mm -hmm. somewhere a lot of these people think that they're better. And I think if we had the same tools, we might have made the same mistakes. So I'm not sure how much of it is millennials and it's just 20-somethings with better tools. Mm. Well, and it's yeah. a societal it's a societal. I think it's just. I think it's just the technology. I think it's the internet and the avail and the availability of being able to have global exposure. I don't think it's really millennials or anything. It's just mm -mm. it's everything evolving. So Gabby and I did an episode on millennials, and and we actually embrace millennials. You know, there's there's. I don't like to stereotype really anybody. I do think that you know it is a, an age of never living without the internet. So therefore, it's taking the tools that you have in front of you and not knowing any different, really. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. That actually makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Ah, damn kids. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> All 
All right. Um, one last thing I want to try and, and get out there and, and get your takes on it. How do we stop the race to the bottom uh, as far as rates and um, talent? My solution to it was I actually built a website called Say No to Cheap VO. And um, it's it's just my own little kind of rally cry uh, to get people together, to get uh, new voice actors and intermediate level voice actors to kind of band together and take a pledge and commit to learning about fair rates and commit to one another to not undercut and to not um, take on that behavior. Uh, I think education is such a huge part of it. I think once people know, it's very different. Yeah, education yeah. is education is huge. I honestly, I, I think Gabby and I had this discussion the other day that you know it's gotten to the point where you know our clients, the end users of our services, you know, advertisers, once they get too many. I guess, um, opportunities to hire a voiceover talent for much less than, you know, <laughs> we would ever even consider, you know, for a hundred bucks, you know, too many people do that enough times. It's the end client that's going to be winning in that situation. And, and that will bring down, I believe, the industry, um, in a more permanent kind of <laughs> damaged fashion. So unless we as talent and, and artists, um, unless we go out there and really state our value and, and stand up for our value, it's going to end up not pr pretty. I don't think, I think we really just need to educate ourselves. We need to educate our clients, our end clients about what we bring to the table and why we are worth, you know, um, more than, you know, 50 bucks. And, 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 and I, I just, I shudder to think uh, about too many people, you know, saying, okay, yeah, 50 bucks is fine or hundred bucks is fine. And then it, mainstream advertising says runs with it. You know, and, and that's a scary thought mm -hmm. for me. We, I mean, we've all experienced this. It's knowing how to negotiate and stand up for yourself and not yeah. being bullied into that lower rate. I've been wrestling with this, so I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. What about the value of actually, I'll use the word shaming, calling people out who are taking jobs like that? It's a fine line, you, you mm -hmm. know, but, but at some point, don't we kind of have to do that? Well, I think that's kind of happened already in terms of shaming of companies who have promoted, you know, the uh, taking less than, uh, you know, the I'm going to say the fivers of the world or, you know, the, the ones that have cheap built into their URLs. As an industry, we've done that already. But I think we've cut it a little bit <laughs> just short of actually naming people. But I think it's easier to start by naming companies that promote that sort of uh, devaluing of the industry. I think that's a mm -hmm. great place to start. Great point. Well, listen, uh, Ann and Gabby, VO Boss, you guys are doing a great job helping voice actors uh, act and learn how to become business owners with strategies for success. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time today. If someone does want to get a hold of you for business marketing or even coaching that you guys do, what's the best way to reach you? VOBoss.com. All right, that's pretty simple. Even yeah. I can remember that. <laughs> or, the, or, or we're also known as we're also known as the bosses at VOBoss.com. Yeah. Email. So boss, be a boss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be a boss. Be a boss. I like that. Thank you so much for being with us on our show today. Thank yeah, you. thanks for having us Thank on you. your podcast. That was a blast too. Really enjoyed that. Anytime. Hey, thanks again for joining us. Until next time. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out of words. That's, it. That's all we got. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thanks.
This one's been real fun thanks to Ann Ganguza and Gabby Nistico, the VO bosses, helping you to become a better and more profitable voice actor. Find out more at voboss.com. And while you're there, look for the podcast that features Randy and I. More than a podcast, it's a quadcast. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Randy Ryan, owner of Hamsterball Studios, voice, music, and sound design, and Brian Talbot, voice actor and all-around creative guy. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for show topics you'd be interested in hearing, or you just want to let us know what you think, you can reach out to us by sending an email to bt at letstalkvoiceover.com or go to our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com. That's letstalkvoiceover.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. It couldn't hurt. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Our Twitter handle is at Let's Talk VO. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk VoiceOver. We'll talk again real soon.